0: All right, what's going on, guys? My name is Isaac Mihongos. I'm a photographer and web video producer. And in this podcast, um, I haven't been on the podcast for a while, like two weeks, but I'm back as per usual. Um, so, what is this podcast going to update you on? Uh, there's quite a few things. Uh, there's the MacBook Pro. So, you know, some of these stories are going to be newer than others, some of them older, but I, I think it just. You know, time to catch up, time to start catching up. Um, So, again, some of these um, news stories are going to be older. Some of them are going to be newer. Um, First of all, it's going to be talking about uh, my Postmates experience. Then we're going to talk about YouTube Rewind, uh, why I still haven't switched over to mirrorless, uh, AirPods, Uh, a little update on the AirPods, and we're going to talk about why I'm deciding to give this little update, even though it's been only about like two weeks since I put out my review. Um, We're going to be talking about the Tesla Cybertruck, of course, Uh, the 16-inch MacBook Pro, why I decided to give back my Apple Watch, Um, why I don't like Tile, the Tile uh, brand anymore, Uh, Disney Plus versus Netflix, Um, Disney trying to create their own wild garden, and yeah, so the, those are some of the topics that we're going to be talking about. First, let's talk about my Postmates experience. Um, this is my official review. Um, I'm not sponsored by them. Uh, I use their products because <laughs> someone advertised it to me, and I'm just like, I don't like DoorDash. I've used it in the past, um, but I don't. I don't like their business practices anymore, so I don't support them. And you know, all these companies that deliver to you all have the same objective, you know, deliver it to you in, in a fast way. Uh, that's not super overpriced, right? But, okay, Postmates, first and foremost, is always the most inaccurate. Like, I've ordered from them multiple times, and every single time, the the time gets bumped up. Like, for example, yesterday told me it'll be delivered at 5.05, and then it was like five o'clock. No one had picked up my food. No one had done anything. The app was, I thought the app crashed, to be honest. It, it didn't look like anything. Um, and then they pushed it again. And then they pushed it again. They pushed it twice. Of course, this depends on how many uh, drivers they have, uh, what type of weather, because, you know, humans don't control the weather. Um, and what else is, it? I mean, but, you know, basic supply and demand, um, you know, calculations, how far it is from the person's location, from where I'm from, uh, the city. You know, there's a lot of factors, and I understand that. Um, but, the like, this has happened twice now. My food arrives cold. Like, you know, I, the purpose of this is also convenience, right? I could have gone down the street and bought it. But, like... Come on, guys. I am paying so it's delivered warm at least, right? Not like all the food that I've ordered has been like dropped dead cold. Like it's it's really bad, guys. Like I, I, I think I need to stop using the service. It's cold. When I contact customer service, they're like, we're sorry. It's like I'm giving you guys money so I can have my food cold. I mean, my food warm and it tastes at least how it would, how it would be if I picked it up, right? So for me it's not a good product. Um, I don't know really get why these YouTubers are keep on sponsor saying like Postmates is the best cuz maybe if you're sponsored by them they give you some sort of like better and faster delivery but for me like this has like this has happened enough where I'm just like okay maybe other you know cuz it's just like Uber and Lyft right like you're you you can be on both both teams so maybe the people that are delivering are delivering for both both DoorDash, Postmates and probably Grubhub and like Uber Eats, right? So like uh, the reason I'm not going to be using Postmates anymore and if you're looking for the reviews, this is my honest review. Like I'm not being paid, I'm not sponsored and honestly I personally would not want to be sponsored by someone that delivers my food cold. You know, um, it's not a good service, poor customer service as well, and the food arrives cold, dude, like, what am I paying for? Um, so that's my honest review. You know, I thought about writing on it and contacting it, but like, it's happened so much that I don't really want to spend my money with them anymore. At this point, I might as well just like, go there myself. That sounds like a very first world problem too, um, but it's not a good service guys it's it's not and and i would not suggest like they have so many promos for first-time users and they never have promos for like old they, they do but like there's so many rules and then there's the service fees like what like what like it, it just adds on right and you know like a $15 order becomes $25 order maybe if you're ordering a lot like in bulk it's really good but it's not a good service. I don't, I'm not going to use it anymore. and yeah, sorry. Uh, hopefully these businesses, um, sort of change their business model or expand in a little bit better ways or understand supply and demand in, in better ways. So those are my thoughts on Postmates and, and just any sort of delivery service like this. Um, next is YouTube rewind. So, you know, YouTube, I still remember YouTube Rewind from like 20, from like the first one with uh, Rebecca Black. That that was, I think I was in middle school when that song came out. And I, I feel like that's the first time I remember like a really annoying song going viral. And I thought I was the only one that discovered it, but everybody discovered it at the same time. So I remember that one. That was more of a countdown than they made it into this sort of beautiful you know collaborative piece between you know some of the best creators on the platform and it kind of went that way and then 2017 mm, 2016 it's like it lost its authenticity there were like a whole bunch of like you know there's a media production company and all these things and you know like when you're building something like this of course it's a it's a set it's a production set. It takes a lot of time, a lot of moving parts, a lot of money, a lot of people's, uh, you know, organizing it, and it's a really hard thing to do, right? So I'm not saying that it's easy, but like 2018, I think was like the biggest example of YouTube really wants the advertisers, and you know, after the whole, you know, the for the, you know, the 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 forest, the Japanese forest. Well, that one of the Paul. I've always forgot they both look the same, so I don't know who it is. But after that, like YouTube's like, oh shoot, like the like we have to be a bit more cautious and like this is what happens when there's too many creators and you know like all that stuff. But I I think YouTube 2018 was like the biggest example of I don't think they understand what they have here, like the creators that are on here. I feel like none of that was shown. It was mostly like these celebrities and, like, these late-night talk show hosts. And, like, sometimes, like, I think Casey Neistat was on it. And I was like, you know, I, I really like him. I think he's, like, one of my, you know, uh, aspirational filmmaker But he's but he's been in it, like, a few times, right? And although I, I, I think it's cool that he's there all the time. Um, you know, maybe it's time to give some other people we've never heard about, like, that sort of opportunity to be on there. Um, and personally, I just don't think that celebrities like Will Smith, Jack Black, these mainstream celebrities, John Oliver as well, and like, uh, Stefan Colbert, you know, I, I think they're very funny and they do like the aspect of late night being brought to YouTube because I think, you know, to me, it's just sort of changed how I see late. Like I never saw late night TV. Like who has time for that? I'm sleeping. Um, but I, I love seeing the skits from time to time and I like the musical performances, but they're not really YouTubers. Like it's, they're mainstream celebrities. They have a huge backing of money and like production and set and sound designers. And it's not like, like the individual in their room starting a YouTube channel or a podcast and being passionate about it. Of course, there's, there's people that are uh, there because they're so big on YouTube that they just sort of transcend into like. The mainstream um i think charlie pooth is like a great example of that he started off on youtube and then became a celebrity because he was just you know that's like a musical talent so there's a little bit more infrastructure there um but like these celebrities these aren't really youtubers what like that's my biggest thing i don't like like supporting celebrities in there they're not they're not like really youtubers that's like the whole point i'm driving here they're not youtubers they didn't start off in their bedroom um and sometimes the production felt a little high you know i think like the past few ones you could tell that like these people made this in their house and they had a good time there wasn't like professional super professional editors doing the job or super fancy transitions and like but on on the point of youtube you know, the reason that YouTube is able to exist, you know, this is, is because of the infrastructure, right? Like it costs money to have infrastructure. Um, it costs money to have infrastructure. You need advertisers. So it's like a whole catch 22. And I'm, I completely understand that. Like you need advertisers to pay because you need to build like more servers, more hard, you need, you need to store like 40 hours of content that is uploaded like every single minute of every single day. Um, But like, you know, like when, when the group complains, when like the people that create like this, like the YouTube creators and the the YouTube community is like the nutrients, like what, what, what sort of YouTube is built on. Right. So when everyone's like, why the hell did you make this? Like, this doesn't like, had like the, like the cringiest part was like the K-pop thing. And it's like, I think they're trying too hard. It's not authentic uh it's too much high production it wasn't good you know 2018 worst one and and now this 2019 one um like they played it so safe like it's it's not even funny like okay, we'd add mainstream celebrities again you just did a countdown. I'm pretty sure the most expensive thing on here was like like the software that they used in order to edit this, and that was my comment like they played it so safe that like the biggest expense was like Final Cut or Premiere Pro. So I didn't enjoy it again. I was like, mm, okay, thanks. way to play it safe. But the thing I there was another guy that made a YouTube rewind of the decade, you know and where to, to throw away 2019 like this this was the year you should have done something really, really like super extraordinary. Because you know it's like the end of the decade. Uh, let me just try to find the video that I thought was like, whoa, this is what it should have been. This is an awesome, you know, uh, YouTube Rewind 2019: The Legends Edition, and it's by J. J. Law. Oh guys, I'm not I'm not recording the podcast in video format anymore. Uh, I'll explain why later. Um, but I thought that was a really great video, like. It showed off everything like the first thing that showed up was like the format of how YouTube was like 10 years ago like I remember that format like all these creators uh, from Smosh to um, was it Fred Fred and Ray William Johnson these these guys are like they were like the first mainstream YouTubers and like whoa this is like the best uh, like YouTube rewind I've seen. Like, it felt authentic. There were people that, you know, like, really made the the decade. Like, that's crazy. Like, it's been 10 years, 10-plus 10 years of YouTube, and everything moves so fast, and the trends move so fast. But I think the, the J-Law um, video was a lot better. And I, I think it really captured the magic of, of what YouTube is. Um, but, like... I. Like, the high production one, it was not good, like, at all. That's that's all I'm saying. And I don't know, like, where can't, you can't make everybody happy, right? But at least you should talk to some of, like, the more mainstream YouTubers and ask them, like, maybe you could direct this. And maybe you guys could edit. Of course you have to pay people, right? Like, they're not doing this for free. But, like, you know, try to have the community involved in a way that's a little bit less cringy. Like oh man, this most of it was cringe, dude. Like ah uh, jeez, um, but yeah, th- those are sort of my thoughts. It's just cringe. It's just really they didn't include any memes. They didn't include anything. I just whatever. It's just statistics. Statistics are boring. Um, so uh, on a bit of lighter news. Um, I hope everybody's seen my um, twenty What is it? My AirPods Pro review. I put out two. Um. I think they do deserve two. Um, they do deserve two videos because they're so good. Um, so the reason I want to do this sort of mini update is because I feel like most YouTubers do a view on the product, like, and they've only used it for a week, right? Like I don't know. Like it doesn't feel like that's enough time to actually get to know the product. So I always feel like there needs to be like, the need for an update, like, every six months, right? Because at this point, I feel like most people are like, hmm, is it time to upgrade? But there's a new one that's coming out. I think, you know, when it comes to that, like, for me, I usually just buy the previous generation if all it is is, like, a minor processor update, right? Like, does it really make that big of a difference? Probably not. It's only been a year. Um, but I, pr- I usually just personally buy the ones that is like a year older um and i wanted to do this update because i feel like i'm discovering new the one thing that i discovered that was new about the airpods Pro is when you wear a beanie and you have it on transparency mode like if it ruffles your beanie it just sounds really awkward like you're bobbing your head and you hear the rustling Um, that's something i didn't notice because i didn't wear a beanie that during that entire time um so that's the update on that I still think they're the best headphones possible, you know? Like, they're, they're really well worth the price. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm not recording the podcast with a video now. Um, it just takes way too long to process. And, like, maybe later on in the future. But right now, it's just going to be um, purely audio. So, it's going to be on Anchor and YouTube still, but it's just going to be purely audio. Um, so, no, so, now we did YouTube Rewind, uh, Postmates airpods pro um let's talk about the tesla truck uh i think you know we have all seen it we've already had our reactions um it's a very polarizing car clearly uh you either love the design you hate it or you're like me and it starts to get you confused about the simulation right so tesla truck first and foremost the design it's controversial Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, The price, you know, I will say this about trucks. I don't like people that drive trucks. I think every single time that I've seen someone with a truck, they feel like they own the road. Every single time. They don't respect the laws. They just go over stuff. And like, I don't like trucks, man. Like, I've never seen like a good truck driver. Like a good, like, like, I don't mean like, Semi-trucks, I mean, like, truck trucks. Like, Ford F-150. Like, you're so rude on the road. Like, why are you such a dick? I mean, wh- uh, whatever. It's, I'm not being monetized on this podcast. So, like, every single... So, like, I hope this truck changes my mind about that, A, eh? um, And I'm very honest. I didn't like the design. Like, when it came out, the like, the moment they revealed it from the smoky cloud from the fog i'm like he's got to be joking right that's that's not really the the product oh it it, it is the product i'm like yeah i've never seen um what is it blade runner i still haven't seen blade runner so i didn't understand what he was talking um i didn't like it i didn't like it at first but i'm like I, i i saw a lot of the talking points i think one of the best one was it had to be polarized it had to be different right like, it had to look so drastic, because I think there were some renders of the Tesla truck, and there was one that I was like, hmm, that looks really good, well-rounded, but, you know, it, d- it definitely looked like a truck. Like, they have a certain body link, like a certain, like, design language, like a certain body language. When you think of, like, a Ford F-150, uh, a Dodge Ram, they all have, like, that sort of, those smooth corners, they have a truck, they have a bed, um... And the Cybertruck has little to know of that, but it but it looks different, and I think that's what they were aiming for. Um, and the price, like I was doing a bit of research, so I could be like, okay, and it's different, but how different? Uh, sort of comparing them. So comparing it to the the Dodge uh, Ram fifteen hundred, the Sh- the Chevrolet Silverado fifteen hundred um i think i think that you know comparing it to like other trucks like the i think if you have if you buy this product you should just go with like the highest end model possible so it lasts you the longest time right and hopefully you get that free charging i don't even know if they do free solar charging anymore um i think you just get like free because i saw graham stefan's youtube video where he's like yeah, they gave me the referral link. Is now free charge solar charging, uh, through the referral link, right? Um, so I think the biggest thing we have to choose from the start is the price, right? Uh, fifty k. has a crew cab. It's uh six point five. It has a six point five foot bed, which apparently is like bigger than most trucks out on the market. Comparing it to like. The F-150, which is starts at 28K, seats six people, and, you know, hopefully I get this right because I was writing this when I was a bit sick, um, and, you know, that's the F-150, right? Then there's the Dodge Ram. The Dodge Ram starts at 53K, uh, it has a fancy, what does it say? Oh, okay, we're going to talk about <laughs> the difficulty of buying a freaking car, yo, because I think that's also some of the friction that Tesla removes when buying this. Uh, but, but back to the Dodge uh, Ram 1500. Um, it has, what is that? 395 horsepower. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Towing up to 12,750. Which, uh, is that pretty good for a truck? Um, clearly the, the Tesla truck does a lot more. Then there's a Chevrolet Chevrolet Silverado, starting price forty nine k, two thousand two hundred and fifty payload, and it can trail one thousand three hundred and one thousand three hundred and four hundred, yeah one thousand one three four zero zero pounds. Um, So like if you compare like twenty eight k to fifty k, it's clearly almost double the price. And, you know, there's a whole information that truck drivers are some of the most, like, loyal customers um, out on the market, right? Like, if you buy, like, a Dodge Ram and you really love it, you're clearly just going to buy the next model after the, the five years. Um, so it's not a cheap investment, but if you're, like, that dedicated to the brand or, like, dedicated to that truck brand, then I can see why. It's, it's, like, it's like me, right, with any product. Like, if it's good, like, I think the best example for me is, like, You know, Apple, but you guys are tired of hearing Apple. Um, The Logitech, like the Logitech MX Master Mouse 2S. Like, I'm really loyal to the mouse because it's just so phenomenal. It does so many great things. The price is not that bad. But it's clearly more than just, like, your traditional standard mouse. Um, And it's, like, it's the same thing with the truck. But I think what makes this different, you know, is getting a car in general, because I've gone through the process of buying a car, uh, when I got out of college. And let me tell you, it fucking sucks. It really does suck to buy a car. Like a, trying to buy like a brand new car. I didn't buy a brand new car. I, if I, if it's one thing I've learned out of college is that buying a brand new car from the dealership is literally one of the worst investments you could make. Um, shout out to Ramit Sadie and, uh, <laughs> Matt Diavella for, um having to teach me that because one it's you know it's a depreciating asset the moment it's true because you know you take it out of the lot and now that saying is kind of true because it loses a lot of its value once it gets taken off the lot plus you got to pay registration fees you got to pay insurance fees you got to pay a lot of fees on top of that because like it's not like the government is gonna be like yeah go ahead buy whatever you want we're not gonna tax it right um which isn't bad but it's like you gotta you don't think about these things you just think about getting the car and uh so i'm gonna take you to some of the process of buying a car and i think that's why you should also buy the tesla cyber truck or you should be a little bit more considerate of buying like the tesla cyber truck if you are gonna buy a truck so i'm talking to you, you truck guys um i know i said i don't like i don't like trucks and uh, I wouldn't say that the Tesla truck has changed my mind but it's like you know what it's electric that's the biggest thing right like we have to way move away from fossil fuels there's no such thing as clean coal there's no such like climate change is real guys like like I don't I don't understand what's anyways big point I'm okay with the truck I think it's fine it's whatever as long as it's electric right like as long as we move towards A more sustainable, environmental future. I don't care what you drive, as long as it's electric. So hopefully, I can persuade you to buy a Tesla Cybertruck if you're like a very loyal, you know, Dodge Ram user or a a Ford F one hundred and fifty user. I think one of my uncles has that thing. I don't, I don't understand how you drive that thing either. Like, how do you park it in a parking lot? Like, how do you park that thing? Um, So I hope I can, I can convince you because. I, I, I understand the pain of buying a car um, and you know what I bought a used car to be honest I think used cars are fine you know like I, I feel like a caveman to be honest when I drive my car because it still uses um, it still uses gas and I wish it didn't um, so first and foremost let's maybe you're a millennial too and you're buying a, or you're gonna get out of college or you're gen Z and you're like I'm gonna go buy brand spank a new car um, but I'm gonna tell you the process and hopefully, you might also buy a a used car like I did. Uh, So first and foremost, of course, you have to pick out the car you like. Um, That's not that hard. You just look at stuff you can't possibly buy with your debt (laughs) because I've been there too. Uh, So, of course, you pick out the car and then you make sure, um, you know, you have to go and get a loan. The thing that I read the most, of course, this is not financial advice. It's just my own personal experience. Um i'm not giving anyone any advice i'm just telling you my story right so like apparently the best thing to do is go to a credit union so of course you have to ask yourself do i have the income will i have the income in the future um you know do i need a co-signer which is really difficult um which i mean it depends on your situation right like who like who would co-sign me uh, make sure that you have the right income. They look into your stuff. Okay, that's, oh my God, now I got to go do this other thing on top of this just to get a car, right? <sighs> okay, then you go into the credit union. They run your credit. And if you're young, I think it'll be a little bit more difficult to get a lower APR, your annual percentage rating. And that's another thing you have to think about, right? Of course, if you're an adult, you kind of already know this. Um, But, you know, if you're going to buy, be buying a new Dodge, you already know you're going to go through that process. Um, and then you have to go and look for the car on a parking lot to find the best deal. You have to go and talk to a car salesman who's going to try to persuade you as hard as possible to, to buy this truck because they could get a commission out of it, right? That's how they make their money. Um, and this can take hours. It's not like you just show up, like you go to Target and you just like, I'm going to get this, you know, like, chevy silverado like no dude like it's gonna take time you gotta test drive it some dude's gonna be like this is the best car ever it has this this and this and then it's it's not it doesn't take like one day guys like it literally takes like a good like it could take months like for me i got really annoyed because i was looking on like carmax for like days and months and i was like i thought it would be easier right like i'm just trying to get something that like kind of everyone has, but it's it's not. So on top of that, then you're negotiating. Are you negotiating a good price? Um, apparently you should always go get pre-approved as well because that just makes things a lot easier. So get pre-approved. Um, then you got to talk about pricing. Can you bring down the price? You got to check. You know, Kelly Blue Book. You got to check all your other sort of pricing. To make sure you're getting the best deal possible. Another thing to worry about, right? Like, Tesla doesn't do that. Um, And then someone's going to try to sell you some extra shit. You know, you sold, you know. This process is so long and so life draining that I'd rather chew glass than try to buy a new car again. Um, Someone's going to try to sell you some new shit. Windshield wipers. uh, Coating protection uh some other random thing that you didn't even know existed for your car. So you're gonna have to say no. And someone might accidentally add it on and then you're gonna get charged like $250 for extra windshield wipers and a gas and an oil change, which shouldn't cost that much. Like oil changes are like 40 bucks at most. Um and then you have to pay for gas. It doesn't stop there. A car is basically a subscription model, guys. Like you bought the computer, you want Netflix, guess what? Netflix is going to cost you an extra $15 a month. Exact same thing with a car. Um, So that's the whole process, you know, eight steps. Um, And hopefully this will convince you to buy a Tesla car. Uh, You know, you might not believe in climate change, but it's going to be the the funnest thing you own. So this is what happens when you go to the Tesla truck. Um, You have a limited selection. They're really playing the Apple game here you know it's it's only a few things that you're going to be able to choose from you're not going to get overwhelmed but of course you're going to be picking the 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 cyber truck right so you pick that beautiful cyber truck out Mm -mm. beautiful you know what else you do there's only one size so guess what you're not going to get overwhelmed guess what the tesla people don't make commission it doesn't matter what they sell they get paid either way so it's not someone trying to trick you into buying a better product right um and then you buy it that's it you finance it through the website, maybe, if you want to. Um, you know, of course, that's it. You just order online. It's like the future or something. Because when I saw people that were doing this, I'm like, oh, that was my experience. Um, and then guess what? You're not paying for gas. You're paying for electricity. Electricity is a lot cheaper than gas, guys. Like, by a huge margin, um, you're not going to have to worry about it. If you're in California, first and foremost, there's a bunch of, of uh, electric charging stations, it's going to be way cheaper i will say this though the disadvantage to buying an electric as a time i think this is like it sounds so easy to say right like all it's got to do is charge faster um because there was a story about how people were waiting with their tesla cars and they were waiting for like hours to charge their car because it's so slow to charge right so i will say that's the one advantage of the, of the gas car is how fast you can put in gas compared to energy, you know, transferring energy from one place to another. Um, so, you know, that's that's probably like your biggest consideration. But as long as you're like prepared to some extent, then you should be fine. Um, but look, compare the amount of times, like the amount of time is gonna, time and money over t- time and money income over time that you're going to be saving and just try to calculate it um because that's why I, I i personally think that hopefully um my next car is electric because i and it has like the i think the, the Cybertruck is also going to have the the assistant ai because that's super important right like and that's why i say you buy the best one right from the stop get the ai stuff guys i'm pretty sure most people that are construction workers have trucks You guys work long hours, you guys are tired, let the car drive itself, you know, after a long day. I'm not saying your guys work is easy, like, trust, like, a lot of my, a lot of people that I know work in construction. I know it's fucking hard, guys, it's not an easy job, so let the car drive itself. It's electric, it looks like it's from the future, and think how cool it'll be when you're picking up people. It's like you're picking up people for the, to go to, like, the year 2060, well, we're stuck here in 2019, almost 2020. But, um, yeah, Tesla Cybertruck, I don't like it. I didn't like the design, guys. I'm sorry. This is, I try to like it, but to me, like, the biggest importance is that it's electric. That, that, to me, is all that matters, right? How do you progress the world so that it it, it goes further and further into renewable energy? Um, but those that's sort of my thought on it. Um, will I buy this? Um I don't. I can't afford it, so no. I'm not gonna be buying this. But if you're in the market for a new car, I think that you know within the next with your hundred dollar deposit, you can be in line. Um, and I think, I think we should talk about that because like I was about to put an order in because I was like, what the hell? How's everyone affording this? Uh, but I'm pretty sure most people are just doing it for the meme. Like I think I think Elon knows the power of memes pretty well. So, um, yeah, and it's like a free loan, like two hundred and sixty-five k last time I saw the tweet. That's like a easy loan without like, you know, all the regulations and all that garbage. Or like, it's like pretty smart, pretty low threshold for the meme. People are clearly some of them are gonna cancel and some of them are not. But like, I feel like California is gonna be like the first place that's actually gonna have these things out on the road, and it's gonna be like. Everyone has the exact same thing now, Um, but that's about it. That's that's sort of the rant on cars and like buying a car and like trucks and stuff. Um, So we're not not now we we got to talk about of course everyone's favorite company, the company that sort of owns our soul, um, Disney Plus versus Netflix. Um, You know, Disney Plus came out. Give me a second, guys. Okay, so Disney Plus versus Netflix. Um, it came out a few weeks ago. Course of course, the internet was blowing up. People's information is already being sold. Like for Disney Plus, that's kind of sad. Um, so first and foremost, Disney uh, Netflix said that they weren't even compete. Like Disney Plus didn't even make a dent in uh, on their service clearly that's first day well it's like guys it's the first day of launch of course things are going to go wrong it's like anything like the first thing you do time you do anything so i will give disney like clearly it's a new product clearly people are going to mess it up somehow you know you, you try to design it so it's really well user friendly it's easy to use a, like a baby elephant could figure it out Baby elephants are kind of smart. That's what I hear from Joe Rogan. It's like a dolphin. Like a dolphin to figure it out. Dolphins are smart. Octopuses are smart. Um, But hey, human error. Nothing is prone to human error. Um, Or just like humans finding some way to mess it up, right? So Netflix, they're like, Disney ain't even got it. But clearly, Disney has an archive of... um, Disney has a clear amount of both original content. They own Nat Geo, Marvel, Avatar, not Avatar The Last Airbender, like Avatar The Blue People, Star Wars. They own so much. And, you know, just looking at it from the reviews, first and foremost, it seemed like there were a lot of stuff missing. Like Avengers Infinity War. Like it says it wasn't available until... Excuse me. Hopefully you didn't hear that. Um, Clearly uh, Avengers Infinity War is still on Netflix. So it's not going to be on there until after the contract is done with Netflix. And looking at the reviews. You know I'm a Marvel guy. That's why I bring this example up. But like I've seen some of the movies. Like Captain America the First Avenger. And the original Avengers. On Amazon Prime. And it felt like they just got there. Like they weren't there before. So you're running into this problem where they made pre preconceptual deals. Is that the right word? They made deals before, basically, where other co- streaming companies have these really great movies, right? And they're Disney movies, but they're not available on Disney Plus. So I will say that that that's kind of a problem because you don't have the entire archive. And then you got the Sony thing that's going on, right? Like Sony's clearly not going to give out the spider-man movies to disney maybe they will i don't know but uh there's a lot of gaps for me personally and that's why i'm not i haven't purchased it right like i'm like it doesn't seem like that much value to me um i do like denangio movies i think they're really pretty and really well shot but here's okay here's where i think disney won't be successful they'll be successful but just not in the way that they think it's clearly still gonna make a lot of money right guys it's gonna make a lot of money. Doesn't matter. They have the infrastructure. Um, Disney is not gonna go that hard R, like that rated R. They're never gonna go there. That's the advantage that Netflix has. Like, I I will say this is who Disney Plus is for. There's a lot of content on there. A lot of Disney Channel originals. Um, you know, kid friendly stuff. You know, all all are really nostalgic. You know pixar everything is on there right i think if you're a parent there's a really great thing like uh, especially with the whole youtube stuff the whole youtube drama that's going on the new laws that are being in place um which i i haven't read about you know like like to to like a great extent, but like you can clearly tell that the the landscape is shifting towards that content um i really don't have an opinion on that yet because i'm trying to watch this legal eagle video about it and like how it's going to affect like the land because the guy's like an actual lawyer right so he's like he's breaking it down for us and i think it's a really good video and i have to watch it but clearly the landscape is changing so i think if you're a parent this is a really great alternative because everything's pre-recorded it's unprofessionally and if you bought it there's going to be no ads, so there's going to be like no targeting on there again correct me if i'm wrong because i've because I've seen the reviews, but they don't show anything about, like, ads and whatnot. So there's going to be no ads on Disney. I mean, Disney is kind of, like, an ad within itself already, right? Like, people want to buy the toys and stuff. Baby Yoda. Um, so there's not going to be that. So I think it's really great for parents, especially during the holidays. I think it's a really great product in that way. But to, to like... Like the average adult, if you're like 18 plus, I don't think you're gonna get much value from it. Like, how many times can you really watch, like, The Lion King or a lot like the original ones? Like, how many times can you watch it? It's the power of nostalgia that powerful. I don't think so. Like, I mean, Follow of the Future, really great show. Um, Eddie's Million Dollar Kickoff, funny movie. I like that movie. Am I gonna pay $6 a month to watch it every single day? No, like ask yourself how much content. So I, this is where Netflix, I don't, I don't think we'll waver that much. Maybe in a few years when we're all kind of overwhelmed with the amount of streaming options. Because, oh yeah. Uh, speaking of streaming options, we're going to talk about uh, Tile, Tile competitor. I mean, Tile in general, because, I, okay. Anyways, but, 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 <laughs> back to the story, right? So I think Netflix, the whole, like the rated R stuff is where they're going to thrive. There's a lot of garbage on Netflix. Don't get me wrong, but but there's still like a lot of it. I think HBO really sets the standard. Their quality is always really phenomenal, but Netflix just has so much diversity, so many things. They go with a hard R. They're you know feeling independent, cre- like um, independent filmmakers to a much better extent, and they're not afraid to try stuff. Um, I think that's where Netflix is going to keep on being able to compete, but. Disney's not gonna do that, clearly. They're either gonna put it on Hulu or they're just not gonna slap their, they're not gonna slap it and put it on Disney Plus, right? Um, Netflix, the hard R, they're gonna do it. They're gonna continue to do it. You know, they're they they do not have to worry about that image so much because there's something for everybody. So uh, Disney Plus I think is great for the parents. Um, and if you're worried about what your kids are seeing, on YouTube, this is, like, the best option because you, you clearly know that they're, you know, like, the Hollywood, uh, what do you call it, the amount of friction allows them to be, like, this is not good, like, this, don't put, like, advertisement for children in there, right, like, in, like I think that's where Disney uh, does it really well, you know, just, like, quality control, quality control is the word I was looking for, quality control, is a lot better on on Disney uh, for like a Disney company than it is for YouTube, where it's just like independent people. So I think if you're a parent, that's really good. If you're Netflix, I think that's how how Netflix will survive, just because they have that diversity. Um, they don't have to have like a clean image, like they don't have to have clean content all the time. And then you have to talk about like Apple Plus, um, Apple. Like why wouldn't you do the the hard R stuff? Because I feel like that's what you know adults the people that you want money from wants like you know I saw that about like um was it I I think it was like either Jay-Z or Dr. Dre they wanted to make a movie about their life and it had like a lot of drugs and and sex and like Disney's like I mean uh Apple pulled the plug on that and like that sounds like a pretty interesting story you know like some of the biggest rappers of all time like I would personally like if apple plus put something out like that i would personally watch it like it's real it's not boring it sounds original uh but they didn't want to do it so you're sort of you know like the the pc culture uh disney it makes sense right they're like kid oriented and that that's fine you know that's kind of like the way they look but like apple come on guys like it's adults buy your products um there's can always be parental control on there as well i feel like Apple would do it a lot better. But Netflix, I feel like is here to stay. It's going to be here for a while. And Disney's trying to create their own, you know, little wall garden as well. Where you just live in their Hulu uh, ESPN slash Disney Plus World. And you get all their content from them. And you give them their content. Like, we're all kind of fed up with the streaming stuff now. Like, clearly everybody shares their <laughs> their login information and it can we only have so much money like the average person only has so much money um and i personally would not give disney plus my money just yet plus i'm also waiting for like the the marvel originals which none of them did happen to appear at launch so i i feel like my opinion will change once they throw some of that stuff in because like i'm still waiting for the for the marvel originals to come out um but netflix and disney are i think two of the best competitors as well but they're going to be successful in their own way um righty so now man we got we got to talk about tile we're gonna end it off with like two disney two 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 more uh, apple news i feel like i'm just an apple news source um it's okay though that's what I like to talk about. Um, so tile, you know, I did I did lose my keys a lot, um, like a lot, a lot, like I would spend like 20 minutes trying to look for my keys all the time. And then I found tile and I thought it was a really, really great product. It's fun. It's small. It gets the job done. And that's what I'm kind of always looking for. Something that's, you know, it doesn't get in the way. It's practical. Um, And at some point, some bimbo decided to be like, let's make Tile a subscription-based service. And, like, they kept on bugging me about it, like, every day. Like, sign up to be a, pre, like, what is it? Plus member, premium, whatever, member, some sort of. And it got to the point where I was just, like, so annoyed of the, like, the product was still really great. But the amount of desperation to get me to become a Plus member just got to, like, like I'm just like okay I'm gonna delete that. I'm gonna delete I'm gonna throw away the tile because it's just annoying like stop that's something that came out really well and it's really well it's like you gotta scale in some other way um and it's just like a product that I really liked and then I started to hate it because of the emails like that's a first for me like I understand like email marketing and all that stuff like You got to do it. And maybe you'll get a few people that will nibble on the email and, like, will buy something. But, like, this was so over the top that it was annoying. So I threw it away. It's just so annoying. I would not suggest Tile anymore. Like, they... It's like everyone's going to the subscription-based model. And things are not working out well. Because uh, clearly the technology is so new and this model is so new... And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not arguing, you know, it's clearly we'll figure out some way, um, to make, you know, the freemium model came on after like everyone tried to do free stuff on the internet. If you guys remember like a uh, yearbook plus, if you were on MySpace, shout out to MySpace. never gave us any problems, but like before that, like everyone tried to do the, the free thing on the internet, but like no one knew how to do it. And then freemium came along, you know, you give them a bit of stuff here, but then you give them like the better stuff later on. Um, so I, I feel like we're still trying to figure it out the best way possible. And I think I've talked about like journalism, like, um, I think I did a tweet where it's like, no wonder people get misinformation because everything's behind a paywall now. Clearly journalists need to be paid, but people need information. But how do they get the information if they pay, if they need to pay for it? And it's like, and like most people use ad blockers because then, like the advertisers, so, it's a whole catch-22. No one can figure it out. I'm not saying I know how to figure it out. Like it just, it's just like misinformation because people can't get paid, but people don't want to pay. But someone still has to get paid, so you got to get that. So it's like a whole catch-22. Um, misinformation. Um, and no one can figure oh, it this out. This was back to the tile thing. Like no one can figure it out. And I got annoyed because... It's like no one can figure out the, the subscription based model so that people are somewhat happy with it. Am I happy? Like, you know, there's things that I subscribe to. There's things I subscribe to, like Spotify, and they don't bug me all the time. Sometimes you can't, you, you just don't bug people and they'll give you stuff. Um, and Tile, that's where you should have stayed. Um, You're a your, your product I don't like anymore. Um, just like Postmates. I don't like Postmates anymore. Um, <clears throat> okay. 16 inch macbook pro i feel like you know i'm i'm gonna go to the apple store later on um and i'm gonna go test out the keyboard because you know i thought i was the only one that bought an extra keyboard for the macbook pro with the butterfly keys but apparently a lot of people do it so i was like super happy that a lot of people were doing the same thing because like guys the butterfly keys are literally the worst thing in existence um but to me, like, there's other computers that I would personally buy. <laughs> I've too sucked into the eco- ecosystem, though. Um, I-, I think the Surface laptops look phenomenal. Like, I'd look at them, and they're like, whoa, that's, like, something new. And the keyboard looks really phenomenal. Um, and everything looks really great. Like, Windows looks really great. Uh, I still really like that, the way that Apple handles everything, though. Like the ZenBook Pro, that's new and interesting too, right? Like the the one with uh, two displays, has a lot of potential. It looks awesome, and then like has a really great keyboard, right? It's like the 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 ThinkPad. Like I've always kind of like the more I look at it, I kind of want a computer like that, or like the keyboard looks really nice, and it's built to be tough and durable. Um, but I'm gonna go and see how the 16-inch MacBook Pro feels, and I'll get back to you guys on that, um, and sort of let you know my thoughts, So, because I can't afford it, okay. <laughs> I can't afford Like, I, I don't know if I personally want to update to that, um, because I mean, my computer still works fine, there's really no complaints about it, I will say that, I don't know if I can go with like the 16, like 15-inch MacBook Pro, it feels like a, like, the perfect size, right, it's not too small, but it's not, like, there used to be a 17-inch model, and I'm just, like, that's, like, carrying a whole desk setup, so, like, 16, we'll, we'll see how it looks, the bezels look better, um, and, yeah, so, now, we're gonna move on to the Apple Watch, um, again, guys, I promise there will be different stories next week, other than just my Apple rants, um, See, oh, yeah. Well, oh, I should throw this one in mirrorless. What I forgot about that, I have it written down. Um, well, I still haven't gone mirrorless, so um, you know, I I purchased the camera and I was on the fence of either getting you know DSLR or mirrorless. And like at this point, um, I think mirrorless are really the future, like, there's no denying that, right. Give me a second. I, I got. to drink some water. Okay. Like, there's no more denying that, like, mirrorless are the future. Um, I don't. I feel like I was on that boat. That's like, no. Like, I was um, on that boat. I mean, on on the boat that's like, um, I don't. I don't know if they're actually gonna be the future um but then um as it progressed and it got better and the technology got better i was like you know what they they are the future like they do so much i think the the reason i was hesitant is because i'm such a big canon user that you know canon has this really bad habit of literally just shooting themselves in the foot And butchering their products like a lot. Like everybody complains about you butchering your products and it's like we're talking and like it goes through one ear and it goes out the other. And Canon, like you guys do that a lot. Um and they kept on doing it and they keep on doing it till this day. But then you see the amount of progression that they made and how small and compact they are, and like that what is it, the A73, like the Sony one, the A9. That thing would like, I think that was the, one of the few moments where I was like, God damn it, this is the future. There's no one denying it anymore. Like, the burst mode, I think it was like 24 FPS, no blackout either. I was like, holy moly. You set up like three of those, you could literally make a movie. Um, I don't know if it would be like stop motion or anything, but it would it would look like so crazy. Like there's so many creative possibilities now because of that twenty-four FPS, no blackout, and I'm just like, God damn it. It is it's definitely the future. So the the reason I'm saying this is because I was like, hmm, I could get it, but then I looked at the lenses. Like I'm I'm gonna like a like I said, like guys, I use Canon. I've used Canon all the time. Um and you know, I was like, hmm. Like I, as mature as the technology has gotten, it hasn't gotten to the point where I'm like, where you know, like the laws of economics allow for it to be like sort of except like a I don't, I don't like buying super expensive stuff like that. As as good as it is, like I know it's gonna be really good. Like look at the like the 28 mil. I think that was like the 24 to 7 RF. It's like crazy expensive. Like, I think it's, I think it's, um, like $2,500. I'm like, hell no, dude. Like, what? like, it is, yeah, Canon USA 24 to 7 RF, $2,299. No way, Jose. That's literally like an entire Canon DSLR, like a DSLR setup. And I was like, no way, Mm-mm. like there's no economy, there's no uh, economies of scale. Is it scale of economy? It's one of the, you know what I mean. Like, it, the the market is not new enough where like people are selling their old stuff for like a reasonable price. Um, so th- that's sort of why I still haven't changed because it still costs so much. As much as low as it gotten and like how amazing the Sony lineup is, like. To me, uh, I think if you're professional, like if you're a professional professional, you clearly want the best of the best with Honor Sir, but you don't, and you don't worry about the price, right? Because you're clearly gonna make a return. But if you're like mid tier, mid upper tier, or like middle middle tier, or like low middle tier, I don't I don't think mirrorless is there just yet. As good as I've seen the reviews on all the all the Canon glass, like I think that's the reason I still haven't switched. Like economies of scale don't allow me to do it. And the glass is too expensive. I don't want to have the adapter. The adapter is like slows it down. You know, I've seen problems with adapters before. And you know, I, I really want the smaller form factor and the flippy screen. Flippy screen is so useful. It's like the best thing ever. Like every company should like I think I've said this before too. It's like I don't know if Canon has like a patent. On the the flippy screen, like like is that possible? Can you do that? Like I feel like no, man. Just just knowing how it works, it probably is. Like they probably did patent. I don't know, but it just seems like nobody does a flippy screen like Canon does. Um, like it would be so cool to see the Sony one, like the A 6700 I think that's the newest one. It doesn't have a flippy screen. It has like a a screen. That's not a flippy screen. But any, anyways, mirrorless is the future. It's here. It's here to stay. It's a lot better than DSLRs. But the reason that I also st- stick with the DSLR is because there's so much old stuff that it's like... Like if I look up like a 16 to 35 right now, uh, or like a Canon 24 mil, like there's... like I'm going to go on eBay, and I'm going to check how much a Canon 24 mil 1.4 is. 24 millimeter 1. Uh, 1.1.8 it's like there's so many that are used that like it's a lot easier to get uh in there oh look there's a sigma 24 also but the oh there's a sigma 24 yeah there's a sigma 24 um but it's like there's so much out there now that it's like even easier to get into sort of this space and buy it properly and buy it inexpensively um and I think for me, that's that's the reason I still haven't switched, and what I, and why I would still recommend like uh, like a DSLR. Like I feel like DSLRs are still going to be around. Um, I want to say like generously like five more years, but at the rate of progression, the mirrorless sort of take off, I and mean, if Canon doesn't butcher their stuff as hard as well, I want to say it's gonna. People are still going to be shooting DSLRs. For like maybe five years five more years and then it's going to become sort of a relic for sure it's still going to be around within the next three years um it just depends right like it like canon could do something totally new like what they're going to be doing with the canon uh 1dx mark 3 like they could be doing something completely new it's going to be like a hybrid like both like the best of dslr and the best of mirrorless because each of them does have their own advantage um But I don't know. Like, I I feel like people are still going to be shooting DSLRs for quite a bit still. Um, And I just feel like, you know, like, the technologies inside the the DSLRs are a little bit more mature, and I can trust them. Like, the autofocus, um, like, the Canon autofocus is really good. I, I will say that the Sony I autofocus was, like, blowing my mind when I was using it because they just track stuff so well. Like, but when it got out of focus and it tried to, like, Grab the focus again, it didn't look as smooth as the Canon one. Um, and I just like the colors on the Canon a lot more. Like, I, I see the Sony ones, and it still looks a little bit too digital. So, you know, uh, clearly DSLRs have had a longer time span to mature. But to me, I think I'm just gonna wait. There's no denying that there's the future anymore, that mirrorless is the future now. Um, but. If you're someone out there that's debating it, I think uh DSLRs allow you to sort of mature into like the the space a little bit faster, a little bit less inexpensively. And, you know, there's gonna be the people that are um just waiting on just like trying to get rid of their stuff because they're they're you know, some professionals just dive in just head first, sell everything because they know it's like it's either I do it, like, you can't do it halfway. Like, it's it's just not as efficient or as good, as I, w- I would say, because you want everything to talk to each other really well, and, like, you know, you want your workflow to go as well. So, you know, if you're new, I would still suggest a DSLR. Um, but, you know, it just depends if you have the money, to Like, if you have, clearly you have, like, I don't know, like $6,000 lying around, uh just, like, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna buy this, this is this, and this because I want to do this, and you already know your goal. Um, you know, mirrorless, future-proof DSLR, I think, is a lot safer, a lot easier to get into, and the economies of scale are there for like for you to grab like a nice 24 mil at a really inexpensive price. Um, but they are the future. Mirrorless is the future for sure. Okay. <clears throat> And last but not least, um, it's actually like I returned the 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 Apple Watch um, because of a lot of reasons, right? And I was gonna make a video about this, but um, you know, I feel like it's just a lot easier to talk about it um, on the podcast because that's what the podcast is for, and it and it's a holiday season, so you know. Like, there's a lot of crap people are going to buy. uh, Whether that be, like, gadgets or non-gadgets or whatever you're buying, right? So, what did... Why I stopped using the Apple Watch. First and foremost, uh, I'm going to say the good things about it. And then I'm going to go dive into, like, the not-so-good things about it, right? So, the first thing that I really enjoyed about it um was how it felt i felt like you know i've i've owned a g-shock for a long time um it's pretty heavy to be honest like like you can feel it on my wrist the apple watch was very light it was beautifully designed i don't like that it's a square i still like circles a lot better uh it felt natural the battery life was amazing like like i think that's also because of the software like it felt really really great software phenomenal uh, actually mm, software and hardware integration phenomenal we already know that um, but like the good of it I don't get why people are saying that this is like one of the best products because it still feels very like limiting and maybe this is my you know my expectation of the product as well because I was like hmm this looks I, I really enjoy running I've been running for a really long time. And this this is like oh there's a Nike Plus that so it means it's going to be better integrated, um, and to some extent yeah like the Nike Plus one is way more better integrated, and I think you should just buy it because you get more faces with it. Um, but the limitations and what do I mean by that? Um, let's start off with the user interface right like the bubble UI is the most obnoxious UI that I have ever used. Apple I don't understand. Why you have some of the best designers on the planet. And you're giving me a bubble UI that hardly works. I didn't like it. Um, And you know. I was about to try the list. Like going from the bubble UI to the list. The bubble UI looks a little bit more futuristic. The list looks ugly. Um, So I didn't use it. And I don't like it. Like the user interface is like the most obnoxious thing possible. And one of the reasons I returned it um battery life uh it depends on the face i feel like your battery life as well um and sort of the the faces right like apple has still not made the faces open source so it's like mm, okay you have a little bit more options with the nike one but you don't have as many options as you could like from like a samsung galaxy watch where people are allowed to make their own faces and apple i don't know why you don't do it like make money off of them or whatever like that's pretty bad advice to be honest (laughs) because they already have all the money but anyways there's no third party bat. there's no third party faces that i can get nike ones are okay it's kind of like that's the biggest turnoff for me the design the lack of user interface was so bad i didn't want to keep on using it um second it didn't feel very durable right like to me, it's clearly a piece of technology, but it's also a very expensive piece of technology. Like when I was using it, I was like, "God dang it! Make sure I don't bump into like concrete because then the like the like the watch is gonna like the watch c- gave me like anxiety because I'm gonna break this and it's like super a super expensive product, right? Like like if you're like that, then you shouldn't own this watch because you're just gonna be worried about bumping it into it. And they say it's more durable, but I, that, that's also the reason I was giving it back, you know, it's, like, a expensive thing on your wrist, that's, like, Uh, ah, depends where you're at, like, man, it's just, it's just a really expensive gadget, you know, so, uh, moving on to this, and moving on to the third thing, which is, there's, like, no application that's, like, I need this in my life, like, I need the source of water in a desert, right, like, I need water, and I'm in a desert, like, there's no There's no application that is that phenomenal and that great. I tried the pillow app when I go to sleep. It was okay. Like, you know, there's no application that, like, for, like, the iPhone. I think the best, like, oh, man, I I probably couldn't live without this is Spotify. Like, it's such a phenomenal app. And we're going to move on to, like, limitations. And what I mean by this, which is the fourth point, which is, like, the fact that Apple is trying to dominate within this space, like, they're trying to dominate every, you know, subscription space, um, is that uh, Spotify, Spotify, and a lot of applications just seem half-baked. Of course, this could be because Apple is limiting them in some ways, but the one, like, I bring up Spotify because Spotify... Is a very mature company, but this product feels like half ass, half baked. And it's the application that I feel like people are gonna use the most, right? Um, first, like, it's crazy how ugly the user interface is for the Spotify app on the Apple Watch. It's horrific. Like, who thought this was a smart idea? It's like, it's so hard to use, it's not user friendly, it's so limiting but that could be apple as well right like apple is limiting spotify to some extent but then if i look at the phone application like just spotify ui is horrible it's like this is another company that has a lot of money and they have some of the worst design possible um again it just feels limiting on both sides it feels half-baked on both sides um and that's, you know, that's that's technology, right? Like, the Apple Watch is not yet, like, like the iPhone, right? Like, it's not mature enough. It's only been, like, what, five iterations? So maybe six or seven they'll be able to do a little bit more. Um, but it just feels like all, there's all these odd gaps that are clear to, like a, like, a user. Which means it should be clear to, like, the company, right? It should be clear to Apple. Um, but it's not. And... Like, it's it just so obnoxiously limiting that it, I didn't just, I just didn't want to have the product anymore. Um, and I feel like Fitbit does it a lot better. Like, the battery life, it was so great. Like, I've owned a Fitbit before. And I was like, what the hell? How, how does it, like, how do you do this? How, how are you, how is it turned on for this long? And the battery's still so good, right? Um, but yeah, so. Um, I think that's about it. Podcast is done. Um, hopefully the audio sounds a lot better because I'm monitoring it right now. It sounds a lot better, but that's it for right now. Uh, let me know what you guys think. There's gonna be a new video. Check out my channel. Check out my Instagram and my Twitter. Just search me up at Isaac Hongo's I S A A C. Uh, two A's. Um, it'll all be down. You know, just switch me up on Twitter or you can. Send me a message via Anchor, the, the anchor.fm uh, application. But that's it. Let me know what your your thoughts and opinions were. Um, and again, I thank you so much for your time and your attention. My name is Isaac Mihangos, and I'll catch you in the next one.